Hey guys. Hey guys. And I'm feeling a little bit better. Well, you'd better because we're doing a podcast called A Strange Thing Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. And I'm Austin. And we are coming at you live from the Stranger Zone. Stranger Zone. <laughs> and we're your hosts. We are. Yep. Last episode, we had a fun time talking about Valentine's Day. Yep. And hopefully all you fine ladies and gentlemen survived your Valentine's Days. Yeah. You had a great Valentine's Day. You gave really good Valentine's Day gifts. And you're, or you didn't. It's not all about gifts. I know, but whatever it is, maybe they gave good hugs, maybe kisses. Who knows? Maybe they just had longing in their eyes. Yeah. Or they hung out by themselves and watched. And quarantined. It could be. <laughs> but whatever you did, I mm -hmm. hope you had a good Valentine's Day. So last time we talked about Valentine's Day and some of its weird history. And we yeah, kind of ended on a, yeah. a high note of uh, Cupid. I don't know if that's a high note, but we ended on a note on of a Cupid. Note. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He flies. Maybe he's high. Maybe. Maybe he does shrooms. Maybe he's really Maybe high. Maybe he drank too much Red Bull and it gave him wings. <laughs> I don't know about wings. Why would Red Bull give you wings? That's the commercial. Red Does? Bull gives you wings. <laughs> Look, it's Cupid. Hey, Cupid, would you like a Red Bull? Oh, but I already have wings. Yes, but you've been the god of love for over 3,000 years and you're still single. Oh, that's just what I need. Red Bull gives you wings. Need to watch more TV. Or is it on social media? I'm sure you could find it on social media. But no, the old commercials, they still make them. I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about Cupid and there's that one animated 3D movie by Walt Disney called Tangled. Mm -hmm. And they go to that one kind of tavern and there's a Cupid guy that flies around the room. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of the typical kind of Cupid that we uh, talk about. Yep. But he really wasn't that guy. No. No, he is actually Eos, the god of love. The god of love. That's right. And so it's kind of a natural like springboard into our next topic called Strange Gods. Strange Gods. Now, it's a little strange to do an episode about gods. So we're going to do multiple episodes about gods. Because there's a bajillion of them. There's a bajillion of them and they are very strange. Well, not all of them, but some of them. And like we've talked about before, they seem to all be connected somehow. They are kind of all connected. Cousins, I mean, lovers in the nighttime. Well, there's that. Cousin lovers in the nighttime. But then you can also just take the basic name God, right? Or deity. So the definition of a God or a deity is kind of simple. Mm. A deity mm -hmm. or a God or goddess is basically a superhuman being or spirit that's worshipped as having power over nature or other human forms or fortunes. Okay. So they can be a creator. They can just be something that influences things. And depending on which God you're talking about and which culture that they come from, um, they have a whole different host and variety of skills or talents or mm -hmm. abilities. And backstories. Yeah. So that brings us to a whole nother side of this, this equation that we're going to be talking about. And that is the whole idea of gods working together with other gods in kind of a, a government or Illuminati kind of secret society Ooh, system. A club. Yeah. They're not really secret. Like but a little uh, godly soiree. Yeah. They, they call them divine councils. Ooh, so, a godly soiree. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. So basically what that is, is that they have a council of all these deities that preside over the lives of a certain group of people or a religion. Mm. Take the Greeks, for example. Okay. 
they had a divine council of gods. Mm -hmm. And all these gods together were also known as a pantheon. Okay. So all of these different pantheons are basically an elaborate group of deities that come together collectively in what you would call a divine council. Or godly soiree. Godly soiree, yeah. I know that's kind of rudimentary, but I think it's something that's kind of important to talk about because just about every major culture, um, especially the ancient cultures, had their own pantheon of gods and goddesses. Right. And some of them actually had a divine council, but some of them were more like free-spirited gods that just kind of were all autonomous and they did their own thing. So maybe they didn't have a divine council, but they would still be a pantheon because they were gods and deities that were specific to a certain group of people or a religion. Mm, okay. A good example of that would be like the Hindu gods because there are bazillions of Hindu gods. Right. Another thing we should probably talk about because we don't want to be disrespectful to anybody is that we're going to talk about this as, you know, strange gods. But for a lot of people on the face of this planet, these deities are not what they would quantify as strange. Right. So when we say strange, we're using the word as something that's unique. Unique and unfamiliar to most of the people that hear about it. Or at least us. And so I guarantee you that if you're a Judeo-Christian background, your idea of God is strange to somebody who has like a Hindu belief system where there are multiple gods. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to another part of this that we should probably talk about. So there are basically two different types of God systems or deity mm -hmm. systems or classifications, and that is monotheism. And stereotheism. <laughs> and polytheism. <laughs> Obviously, the words kind of give it away, but if you believe in one God that rules everything, he's the divine over the entire universe, that is a monotheistic religion. Right. If you believe in there are multiple gods that collectively get together in divine council and they rule over humanity and the universe, then that would be a polytheistic deity system. Right. So anyway, that's kind of our basic stuff we need to get out of the way before we talk about it. And like I said, we don't want to offend anybody. So if we laugh or we talk about things that, and maybe even make them sound silly, we don't mean any disrespect. It's just that to us, where we sit here in North America, that typically is mostly monotheistic. Um, some of the other things that are more distant, they will feel more strange. Right. And so forgive us if we offend you. Perfect. Yeah. So let's get on with this baby. Yeah. I mean, just off the top of your head, how many pantheons do you think there are in the world? A million. I don't know about a million, but There's there are a lot. tons of pantheons. I just Googled it and uh, just went to the wiki page. You know? wicka, 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 what? Yeah, I just went to Wikipedia <laughs> and, and just typed in uh, worldwide pantheons. And I don't know, there must be at least 40, and these aren't all of them that come up. And so I'm just going to go through a few of them because, uh, you know, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. So here are just a few. We have the African pantheons. Okay. We have Armenian pantheons, Aztec pantheons, Buddhist pantheons, Berber pantheon. Berber? Berber. Not Justin Bieber. Oh. It's Berber. And not to be confused with baby food Gerber. Gerber. It's the, or the knife company. <laughs> that's right. It's the Berber pantheon. Pantheons. Um, there's the Canaanite pantheon, the Celtic pantheon, the Chinese pantheon, the Egyptian pantheon, the Germanic pantheon. Ich spreche Deutschen pantheano. Pantheano? <laughs> that would be Italian. Oh, oh, what do you know? There's probably an Italian, Italian pantheon, pantheon or Roman. <laughs> We've got the Greek pantheon. 
the Hindu pantheon, the Incan pantheon, the Irish pantheon, the Jain pantheon, the Japanese pantheon, the Japanese Buddhist pantheon, the Maya pantheon, the Native American pantheons, which there are quite a few of those. Mm. And if you've listened to any of our uh, podcasts on petroglyphs, we talked a little bit about some of the deity structures in Native America. Just a little. Um, We've got Norse pantheon. Nice. That one's fun to look at. We've got the Rigvedic Pantheon, the Roman Pantheon, the Slavic Pantheon, the Sumerian Pantheon, and the Yoruba Pantheon. Yoruba. Yorubian. Nice. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Jeez. So and got, alphabetical. And, you know, you could get into the little subcategories of each culture that we, you know, we just listed. And each little click and subset of the people in those cultures probably have their own little divergent yeah. Pantheon. And it's something that's very, very common. I think people should take a drink every time you say Pantheon. Pantheon. It's a fun word. They might die. Just say it. Say Pantheon. Pantheon. I like to run through the house with my Pantheon. <laughs> panties. <laughs> and to put your big old Pantheon. Put your big panties on. <laughs> okay, that's stupid. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's really interesting. And, you know, this is a big topic, not just in ancient cultures. A lot of these myths and legends are still very active today. Right. And so even though some of these things may sound, you know, really ancient and barbaric, a lot of them are still going, especially in like uh, some of the Eastern uh, religions and culture groups. Their pantheons are live and active, and but there's a lot of sacrificing and things that still go on in the honor of these gods and hoping mm-hmm. that people will be blessed. So, have you heard of the book called American Gods? I think so. It's a 2001 novel by a guy named Neil Gaiman. And it was about Donaldus Trumpinius and Josephine Bidenius and their battle for power. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a definite no. Oh, okay. You just make it up? Yeah. (laughs) Donald Trump and Joe Biden. (laughs) See, I didn't even catch it. I'm slow. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's a book about this guy in America who basically runs into this whole subculture of gods that are actually gods, but because you don't need gods in our society anymore, they've kind of lost their power. Mm. And so these gods are walking around in human form. And that's what it's about. It's like a fiction. Yeah, it's a fiction book. Well, that was like a documentary. And so because nobody believes in them, they no longer can do or be their miraculous Mm. selves. Crazy. What kind of happens is they people start believing in these gods and they start getting their powers back. And some of them are evil and some of them are good. Some of them are just kind of in between. They're kind of benign. It's a really interesting story. I mean, I read the book, I think, when it first came out in like 2002. <laughs> and uh, it left a mark. You know, I didn't believe in it or anything like that. It was a work of fiction. But at the same time, it kind of made you think. It had some points that <laughs> were kind of interesting. And so now... They've made a TV series, and you can watch it. I think it's on Stars, and I'm not sure what else. And it's very violent and very super sexually charged and stuff, so it's not something for young kids. It's kind of horrific and gross Mm. in some of the things that happen. Like most of the pantheons. Yeah, like a lot of the stories that you read about in some of the ancient pantheons or some of the ancient gods and what they do. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's really kind of cool about this TV show is that there are like all these like guest stars that are in this that play like a deity. And so like there's Gillian Anderson, who's one of them. And 
And I think she plays like, uh, I don't know, she's like this media god. Mm. And there, well, there's a whole bunch. But what's really weird is that you see these characters that you've seen in, in other TV shows or series or movies, and they're playing these gods that, you know, that are trying to stay relevant mm-hmm. to today's culture, which, you know, if you think about it, in today's culture, it is really hard to be deistic. Let's just say that. Deistic. Yeah. It's hard to have a belief in God or a God. Or yeah. any kind of deity. Everything in our culture is about yourself. Or science. Oh, yeah. Science is almost the biggest god in this world right now. Mm-hmm. The idea of science and, you know, when Darwin came in and there was a reason now that you didn't need a god for creation, right? right. You had evolution. Yeah. And then science came in and, you know, the age of the universe got really, really old. You didn't have to have an explanation of how the universe was created anymore. Yeah. Which, I mean, from like a basic standpoint up until, you know, science times, mm-hmm. where else would it come from? Something had to make it. Right. Because yeah. nothing in your yeah. life is there without something making it. So, you know, a tree was made by a seed. The chicken was made by an egg. You were made by your mom. Mm-hmm. I made this bow out of a stick. You know, everything's been made. From something. From something else. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of your logical leap. But then all of a sudden, somebody comes in and says, actually, science proves that. Yeah, you don't need any of that stuff anymore. And you think from, when did uh, Darwin do his thing? I don't know, Galapagos Island. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) since then, and and now it's, you know, totally through all of the educational system. And I would say that the biggest god is science. Social media. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, that's probably not far off either. Social media. We're creating our own god. I mean, that has its own voice and its own intelligence. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't want to get into my you know, my big empirical kind of overview of this whole idea of the super brain (laughs) of like artificial intelligence and, and the supercomputer and beyond that to the computing and data system of the universe. Whoa. We're not going there yet. I mean, that's maybe we'll do a special podcast down the road. Super special. But I mean, if you think about it now, the AI that is controlling social media Mm-hmm. It is feeding you what you want to see and know, and it's manipulating the data that you get. Mm-hmm. And it can be controlled by people, but soon it will be totally controlled by itself. Uh, okay, I'm a little off here because, uh, you know, this is kind of a different topic, I but it, it. it is kind of its own deity. It is. Its own deity system. If you look at the definition of God, it is a superhuman person thing that controls the lives and thoughts and minds and existence of other individuals or people or things. Right. So, I mean, isn't that kind of what we're talking about? A little bit. So we've got science. It is off topic. It's not what we're talking about. Uh, it is. It but is. It's, it's, it does relate to social media. It is and it isn't. So, I mean, you could personify social media AI as a deity mm-hmm. and you could deify. Mm-hmm. Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> You could deify science because if you look at the faith that people have in science and what it says mm-hmm. and what it does. Not that I'm saying like, if you wear masks, you're dumb. I wear masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. But science said, you need to wear a mask everywhere. You need well, to stay six feet away that, from everybody. Or did the social media well, say yeah. that because it helps control well, the CDC, your thought process, right? Yeah. So they say wear masks, stay away from people. Mm-hmm. And that changed your life. It really did. Yeah, totally. So science mm-hmm. already has influenced people's lives. And social media 
maybe amplified that. Yeah. So we could say that those are two more modern developments of gods. I mean, there have been types of that in the past, mm-hmm. but I think that is is a true deification of modern technology or thought, right? People put their faith in science to give them the explanation for so many things. Mm-hmm. Look at like, who do you turn to if you're not somebody who believes in some kind of God or deity? Who do you put your faith in to heal you of a disease? Science. Right. I mean, what's the difference? I think it's kind of funny, maybe maybe a little irrelevant, but uh, when people, let's say they're having a really bad day mm-hmm. and it starts raining on them while they're walking to their car. Yeah. They don't say, ugh, poop. They say, oh my God. Yeah. So, and then, you know, they find out they had uh, cancer. Like, oh my God. It's been a thing probably since the beginning of time to give credit to something your good or bad experiences Mm -hmm. in life. So what you're saying is from the beginning of time, or at least from the beginning of people, they want help from things and for things that they do not understand or cannot control. Or they want to, yeah, exactly. So they got a rain dance for their- We need rain for the crops. We need rain for the crops. So we're going to do this this ceremony Mm -hmm. in hopes that it'll rain. And one year it worked. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh my God, that worked. Yeah. And then from now on. Or I really want to have a baby. So, I mean, I I need somebody to help me get pregnant. And it works and it works. So, they're assigning these things and saying, oh my God, just an example. Mm -hmm. But it kind of almost is ironic that those words line up the way they do because people assign Mm -hmm. events in their lives to something you know, whether it's, oh, it was it was destiny or, oh, it was fate. Oh, it was the God of love. Oh, it was the God of fertility. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are totally out of their control. All they can do is have sex to get pregnant or watch the clouds and see if the rain clouds are coming. Sounds they can't, like a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> they can't move the clouds. No. You know what? They can't make the sperm cell meet the egg cell. Yeah. You're just assigning something to take care of these things that you have no control of. <laughs> okay. So that's one way to think about this. I think that's where a lot of this stuff stems from. So it's like a, a slow, well, it doesn't even have to be slow. It could be fairly rapid. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a generation or two, and then these things are ingrained in a group of people or a culture. Um, there's another way. And we've talked about this in some of our other podcasts. And that's the idea that maybe there is this infusion of these godlike beings that have technology or whatever that are multidimensional or they come in from a different space time continuum. And then we deify them and they become the myths and legends of gods that we now know. Right. Or they take credit for things that are natural and and, mm-hmm. and allow people to project onto them mm-hmm. these supernatural abilities. Or well, and if you think about technology, like, so if you had somebody that, say, there was a multidimensional being, we'll just call them multidimensional beings because I don't want to call them deities yet, um, pre-deity multidimensional mm-hmm. beings that have technology, you could call them extraterrestrials, I, I don't know. But they step into our dimension and they have super tech, right? Super tech. Maybe they can cause it to rain because they have the science behind it. 
maybe they can help fertility because they have the science behind it. They understand how it yeah. works. Maybe they can do things that to that people at that time or that culture seems like something that is godlike because it's something they can't control. Right. It brings, you know, like um, people will say like magic is just science that's not understood. Yeah, not understood. Yet. And it yeah. could be something like that. So let's say you're the god of fertility. It's just a gynecologist mm-hmm. or OBGYN or whatever. So an OBGYN and, and, of, of and now goes back to then. Back in time, he would be a god. He would be totally either mm-hmm. killed because he's a witch or he would be worshipped mm-hmm. because he'd say knowledge. something like so when was your last period yeah and then she'd be like oh you know blah 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 and he'd be like okay so maybe around wednesday through friday let's you know try mm-hmm. for a baby and then come back to me and we'll go through some diet and mm-hmm. then she ends up pregnant and he's like sweet and mm-hmm. then they're like oh he knows he's a magician yeah look at that Woo, he's a so god from then on i'm gonna worship that guy because yeah. or that lady because yeah they got it going on yeah. <laughs> it's really fun to talk about and think about the origin of the idea of these gods and pantheons some of them are thousands and thousands of years old but they all share these same kind of characters mm-hmm. and roles And what's really interesting is that they all are gods over certain areas that mankind or humans cannot control. Right. And so we're talking about our, you know, our thoughts about how this could have started, but we weren't there. We don't know. And so I'm guessing that in all of these stories and myths, (laughs) in all of these stories and myths, there are seeds of truth. Mm-hmm. That for whatever reason, you know, like hey, what's that experiment where you tell a story and you tell somebody else and they tell somebody yeah, else like and the they telephone tell game or whatever. yeah, yeah, and then it totally changes. But there's always a seed of the same truth mm-hmm. that kind of started. There's that beginning nugget, nugget. And, and nice. I think as we go through these pantheons, these strange gods, these stories that we're going to be talking about, we're going to discover some of those same seeds, these basic truths. And we'll be able to span those across the different pantheons and the different divine councils. And the different, yeah. what did I say, godly soirees. <laughs> yeah, the godly soirees. And I think we're going to be able to kind of refine those down to a few common deities mm-hmm. or personalities. Them to their common denominator. Yeah. And that's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it will be fun too. And it makes me wonder a little bit if it's human nature i'm kind of that side i feel like in this situation where i brought up the idea of well that guy ended up getting pregnant or the that guy ended up getting pregnant. yeah that would be strange yeah that that could be happening soon because of science <laughs> so maybe it's kind of something like that where everybody's got these questions everybody wonders where's the rain come from and before mm-hmm. science we just said oh maybe guy. there's a guy up there who cries or pees mm-hmm. every once in a while and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, maybe. Well, maybe if we do this dance and then the next day it rains. And maybe there's another contributing factor. Like maybe there's some like physical element to it. That, and then yeah. that causes people to assign gods to or, or some kind of person or deity to these natural events. And then there's your side or another side where maybe there was actually a person or a deity or a, some kind of supernatural person. Thing that 
was a little bit in charge and mm-hmm. had a little bit of mm-hmm. leverage yeah. over the rain and fertility. Yeah. So we, we, we basically talked of two different ways or ideas that could have sparked the origination of these ideas or these legends and mythologies of gods, right? Right. We talked about the, okay, some kind of outside influence that had super information and technology. And the other is that, no, this is a primitive way that a primitive mind would have maybe understood random accidents mm-hmm. and developed through superstition. Yeah, and trial and error. And trial and error developed the idea of this God or being that's in control of these mm-hmm. things that they couldn't control. But then, you know, at the same time, it's like one thought that kind of comes into my mind when I think about that is that maybe we have the wrong idea of these primitive, so-called primitive people. I mean, we look back and we're like, oh yeah, these were all primitive people. They're like Neanderthals just coming into their humanness, you know? And so they're just kind of so primitive, they couldn't understand the real idea of science and the universe. And we're so advanced now in our understanding. And so we're looking back and saying, no, they were too dumb to know that kind of stuff. So it must have been this primitive you know, kind of active, like trying to understand things that they couldn't understand, you know, naturally. So I kind of get that. Mm -hmm. But what if those people weren't that stupid? What if those people had really good information, maybe they have some good science? A lot of people speculate that maybe those people, you know, because what, we're saying these people are 4 billion years old or whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking, oh yeah, they didn't have any real understanding. They were still developing, evolving. What if they were just as smart as we are? Right. And, you know, maybe they were sent into the dark ages because, you know, some catastrophe, Mm -hmm. you know, the Judeo-Christian myth of the great flood. Right. Or what about if a real asteroid caused, you know, an extinction event that we know is scientific right? and sent everybody to the dark ages? Yeah. You know, maybe it wasn't that they were stupid. Maybe they had this science and then the people that were the survivors of this catastrophic kind of event brought those legends and myths of those people and science forward and they became the backbone of the ideas of gods and goddesses. Right. So let's say there's one, two, three people that understand, you know, barometric pressure. Maybe they have an injury and they can feel, you know, like you can feel it in your bones when the weather's changing and there's going to be a storm. So he can kind of get an idea of why that's happening or for some reason he understands Mm -hmm. a little more than the rest. And it's like my son, you know, he'll sneak out of his room to go play video games. Mm -hmm. But that night he doesn't know that I'm down there already. Yeah. So when I hear his door open, I'll just, you know, holler up the stairs, Beckham, what are you doing? And he's like, how'd you know I came out of my room? Yeah. I said, I'm dad. That's how. I see everything. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and, and yeah. he's, I think my son truly, to some extent, believes that I have some way. Supernatural of, way. You know, like people say mom's got eyes in the back of their heads. Yeah. Some way of knowing when he's doing something bad. And yeah. usually it's, I know his facial expressions and his mannerisms. But I do a little bit tell him, I'm a dad. That's how I know. I just know you these know? I'm I'm some, yeah. I have supernatural strengths. <laughs> So maybe it kind of came from that. This guy knew when it was going to rain and maybe he was into watching girls dance around a fire and he was like, you know what? 
it's gonna rain if you do this dance for me and then <laughs> and then from that point on he was a escalated yeah he was some weirdo he's using his uh his information and disguising it in a way to get what yeah. he really wanted or he wanted to have a party and just people did the rain wouldn't dance. do that no way people no way i mean so you just look at the news nobody does that kind of stuff yeah. no way you think about our idea of gods and goddesses and you know the way that we understand things now with science, science and there's like this uncomfortable kind of tug of war between faith do you put your faith in something unseen unheard for the most part or do you put your faith in something that you can measure and and kind of explain and science gives you this way to basically take the idea of god or gods out of the out of the equation and you can just trust your own intellect and design so that you don't have to worry about all these things. But then yet, we don't have any control over the big things in life. Like, how long are we going to live? Right. What do I do when I'm diagnosed with cancer? How do I get rain from my crops that if I don't get in the field this year, I'm going to lose the farm? We'll starve. Or, yeah. And maybe not even starve, but I'm going to lose the farm that's been in my family for three generations. You know, you name whatever it is, and then you need to call it to something bigger beyond what you can explain or control. It almost comes down to like a desperate reach for hope. Yes, I would say that's true. And you know, it's really weird. You look at a lot of the pantheons that we're going to go over in the next couple of episodes is that some of them don't really give a lot of hope. That's I mean, true. there's a little bit, but there's a lot of ugliness in these ideas of God. And, you know, some are very human-like, some are very unjust. And so I think maybe that's why ancient people created or believed in these different kinds of gods. Some are very malicious. Mm -hmm. Some do awful things. Some are good. Some are protective. Some are gods of the underworld where you go after you die. Some of them, you know, whatever it is there's like this creation of all these different kinds of deities so that we can try to explain these things that we're afraid of. Mm -hmm. I think that this kind of conversation that we're going to be talking about might be a little uncomfortable sometimes because we're going to be poking in maybe areas that some people fear to poke. Yeah. But, Ooh, don't poke that. But I think it's really fascinating. It is really strange. And like we said, strange in the definition that it's something that we don't know and it's beyond our experience and it's uncomfortable. Right. It's not necessarily strange in a way that's like, oh, that's crazy. Although a lot of it is. A lot of it will be crazy and we'll let our yeah. listeners decide what is and what isn't. We're just going to throw things out there and kind of and talk about some of the different belief systems in these different pantheons and different deities and things. But it should be really a fun ride. I think so too. And it's fun to kind of uh, imagine and work up backstories to some of this stuff. Yeah. And then there's other ones where it's like, why would you put a fish on a rock and leave it in the desert and then make that the sign for fertility or some silly ritual? I don't know. I just came up with some random, I don't know if that's most, really. most ridiculous thing I could think of. But it's like, you know, there's no reason that that would be the story. Right. That that would be the backup. So maybe that came from a, a true deity that wanted a fish in the desert. So let's think about, for okay, example. so what would be a true deity? I know we kind of talked about, you know, the idea that maybe these trans-dimensional beings or call them extraterrestrials or somebody outside of our space-time continuum 
comes in with extra super fantastic knowledge and suddenly shows up and says, oh, hey, you know, let me help you with that. I'll heal you of that disease. Imagine if like Kirk, Captain Kirk, landed on a primitive Mm -hmm. planet with his little magic medical little scanner thingy and they scan people and heal them up and like, oh yeah, Captain Kirk's a god. In fact, I think there's an episode where Captain Kirk is worshipped. sounds like an episode of Star Trek. So, I mean, that would do it, right? So, okay, a lot of people do not have a problem believing in in ETs or extraterrestrials or aliens coming to this planet, Mm. right? Uh, Because it's a big universe. And there's lots of time supposedly built into the universe. So what if these guys came and they did things that looked miraculous? Yeah. And maybe they are the source of the pantheon. Or what if it's even something like we've talked about ghosts and spirits that live on and Mm -hmm. maybe they have the ability to go forward and backward in time and they come back and they find their ancestors and their, or their, you know, their great, 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 great grandson. (laughs) And they're like, Hey, you know, in a dream or whatever, hat man comes to him and he's like, Hey, you know, Hey baby, do you, maybe you should (laughs) tell him it's going to rain on Wednesday if they do a dance and then, and then it rains and he's like, God, you know, or, okay, let's throw that out there. What about if there are time travelers? I mean, we've seen a lot of stuff like that in, uh, even if you follow some of the social media posts, like, is this a time traveler? Yeah. A lot Uh, of Photoshop and and back to the future. I mean, the guy knew, Mm. you know, that he had that sports almanac and he was able to tell who was going to win and lose. Uh, So if something like that happened, I don't know. I mean, there's some science behind that, right? Yeah. The possibility of moving in and through time. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if you could go back in time? What would you do? I would invest in Charmin Mm -hmm. and 3M paper masks. (laughs) Yeah. If you could go back two years ago. Yep. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'd get a big stockpile. I'd be like one of the CEOs at Sherman, and I would have started mm-hmm. stockpiling for like seven years, like all the Sherman I could get, and then I would dump it on the market and like clean house. My hand is clean. Oh yeah, I'm Sherman clean. That's how I know they're clean. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> it is really fun to think about. I don't know if we're going to come up with any solid answers, but I just want to throw out one more big disclaimer. Okay, me personally. I am a theist, right? I do believe in a creator, right? I believe Singular. I believe in a deity. Um, that would be classified as a monotheistic worldview, mm-hmm. right? And it might not be the typical one that a lot of people that would use the same classifications as me would uh, agree with, but I have a very strong opinion that way. And I'm going to say some things that maybe are uncomfortable for me to hear about my belief or faith in this monotheistic deity. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do the same thing with my belief as I do with all of the others. Right. I am not trying to be totally one-sided. This is not an attempt to convert anybody to my worldview. That is not my job. I think what we're doing here is really cool because it opens up the conversation for people to discuss their belief systems in a way that's reasonable, respectful, mm-hmm. and so what what you're saying is everybody's going to get made fun of the same amount. That's basically what I'm saying. So yeah, Christian, pagan, whatever, whatever it is, yeah, you're equal opportunity discriminators, sar- sarcasmists, <laughs> sarcasmist. I like that. That <laughs> sounds very flexible. I'm a sarcasmist. Sarcasmist. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I just want to make sure we point that out. We'll probably do this every episode because I don't want people to think, oh, well, I'm this and they're making fun of me. No, we're going to make fun of everything a little bit. Whatever you pull out of it, that's fine. Right. Uh, there's no ulterior motive with this other than the fascination of exploring these ideas and concepts of where this came from. Yep. And it's partly for me because I want to know. Yeah. It's fun yeah. to do this kind of like, I mean, most of our, our stuff is. What's it's a little word? bit free form. Yeah. And like kind of cursor. It's like, you know, like you always say, like high level. Yeah. Or we're just tax. We're not experts. We just kind of yeah. do some some research on different topics. A lot of Wikipedia, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, uh, History Channel covered this right. thing yeah. or, or whatever. And we like to, you know, gleam a little knowledge, maybe even listen to other podcasts that yeah. talk about similar topics and kind of just put our own thoughts and spins on it. That's why it's a strange thing, podcasts, not, you know, the accurate and probable history of science and gods in our society. In or our the climate. super intellectual yeah. Mike and Austin show on all things relevant to the world. Could you imagine how boring that would be? <laughs> it would be so boring. Isn't it much more fun to hear me talk about the god of fertility being a gynecologist from hey, 2020 yeah, that goes totally, back in time? Totally. Yeah. And don't you want to just be able to like go out and just think about things and maybe they're wrong. You know, it's fun, the freedom to just go out and explore and maybe we don't have the right answers. Maybe we do get lucky once yeah. in a blue moon. And then we'll become a God. Well, I don't know about <laughs> that. Yeah. My body's not becoming anything godlike. Yeah. It's just going the opposite We're a direction. We're more on the Cupid side, not the Thor yeah. side. <laughs> if you want to have a prime example of the second law of thermodynamics, all you have to do is look at me in the mirror when I'm out of the shower in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the second law of thermodynamics is? No. Not uh, basically, you know, in common lingo, everything winds down. <laughs> everything goes from from order to chaos okay (laughs) i'm well into my long journey on the way to chaos although you know for my age i'm okay i don't know what you're talking about i want to ignore (laughs) yeah maybe we should get out of this conversation i think so yeah i think this is a great introduction um we're going to dive into some of these things i think we're going to go into the top 10 pantheons that are also kind of a hybrid with a Divine Council kind whoa, of structure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So ten is a big number. Ten is a big number. We'll mention ten. We'll mention ten. We I might don't think not. We're going to dive into ten. Yeah, we won't go deep diving into ten. But a lot of these are going to relate to each other, so we could, you know, highlight ten. I think there's a in my mind there's a big three. You got your Egyptian, you got your your like Greek, and you got your Norse. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of <sighs> spans across the globe. So here are the ten that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking Sumerian. Okay. I mean, that's like the whole epic of Gilgamesh and kind of things. There's like a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of creation myths in most of these. Mm-hmm. So there's Sumerian, I would say Akkadian, old Babylonian. Babylon has a big, long history mm-hmm. of this kind of stuff. Ancient Egyptian. Mm-hmm. I think, what was the one you kept uh, talking about last episode with the god of death? Um, Marduk? No. Nebulous. Nebulous? No, it was Niberus. Nebiri. What was that? Nefarious. <laughs> Not nefarious. It the is Anubis. Of, Anubis. Anubis. The god of <laughs> yeah. the god of ill intent. 
yeah. nefarious. <laughs> yeah. So we got ancient Egyptian Anubis. Anubis yeah. is the god of death. Yeah. He's and like it, a dog. Yeah. Perfect. And you got you got the Canaanite stuff. Now that's where Marduk would come into the picture. Right. Canaanite stuff. And then you've got Israel and the Israelite idea. They have a pantheon. Now that one's kind of debatable just as a kind of preview. You have the idea of the monotheistic God structure of the Israelites, which it is. But what's really weird about that is they use the same word for basically what sounds like a council of gods. So they use the word Elohim Mm -hmm. and Elohim for God, the creator of everything. And then they have these other kind of like, I guess you call small E Elohims that are like, I think they're, they're created beings. No, those are those are the offspring of oh, the Elohim and human women. Those are the Nephilim. But the Elohim could be this council of gods, which are, you know, basically we would call that in Christian vernacular angels. <laughs> and that one third of the angels or these gods of an innumerable number, it says that you can't count all the number of these Elohim, that one third of them were cast out of heaven or cast down when they revolted against the creator. So that's kind of an interesting one. So even though it's monotheistic, there is this kind of polytheistic kind of subculture of created Elohim, Mm -hmm. created gods. I guess they're immortal, but their essence is spirit, but their physical forms can and have been destroyed. (laughs) We'll get into that. One third of them falling. What? Is if, if you do a percentage, all that's left is 660. Ooh, oh, you see that? 66.66. Oh. How terrifying. I wonder if you just stumbled on something about the... I think I'm the first person let, to trip over Let that, that person that is wise calculate the number of the beast. I'm a wise man. I don't know if you're wise. Wow. Anyway, moving on. So you have the, the Israelites, you have the Celtic ideas. They tied uh, a lot of knots, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. You have the ancient Greeks and Romans, which you could lump them together as the Greco-Roman, although they're different. We talked about Cupid in the Roman idea. He is Cupid, but in the Greek idea, he is Eos, but they're the same person. And that his mother in the one is Aphrodite and the other one, she's... Methuselah. No, not Methuselah. I don't know. You can't keep track of all these silly I names. Know. All these goddesses and gods, they're, they're just millions of them. So we got the Greco-Roman pantheon, and you also have the Nordic, which I think ties is going to be really fun into the Celtic thing a little bit. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, and what's really cool is a lot of these have kind of been personified in like uh, comic books and in modern especially the Norse movies. one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. With Odin and Thor and all in of that. The Marvel series. I think it's going to be a hoot. We're going to check out stuff. I don't know if anybody will believe in anything after we get done with all of this, but. Um, I hope you enjoy the ride. And, uh, you know, while you're waiting for the next episode, if you want, just Google the stuff. Yep. Find your favorite Pantheon, Google it, and kind of read some of the lore that is in each one of these ones. It's just, I mean, part of me goes, what in the heck? What kind of moose juice are these people on? Moose juice, huh? Yeah. Because, I mean, it can't be like real juice because whatever it is, it's psychedelic. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, people do the craziest things when on this moose juice. They like have sex with their moms. I don't know what moose juice is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't have to. You're a lunatic. Just imagine the craziest thing you can think of. These gods, these pantheon gods do it or have done it. And they usually do each other. They do. I mean, it's a crazy deal. 
Yeah, it is really weird. I hope you guys have a great time with this. Austin, I think we can close this baby out mm-hmm. and we can prime the pumps so that next time we can talk about strange gods in a way that is both strange, fun, pleasant, informative, and creating in you the longing to listen to more and more. Which, if you are getting that longing, you need to go to your favorite podcasting app. Oh, yeah. Like us, share us, save us, do all the deal. All the deal. Facebook, Instagram. What do you, what's the other? Twitter. Wee-wee. Me-wee. Oh, yeah, we're on Me-wee now. Yeah, right. we got a, yeah, I got two posts on Me-wee. I can't follow. I think three followers me. on Me-wee. I'm not going <laughs> to download a Me-wee on my phone. I like Me-wee. It's kind of cool. We want to be where everybody is, whether it's Me-wee, Facebook, I don't care. Um, but at the same time, you know, we might get to a point we get so into the weeds on some of this stuff. Maybe the super social media intelligence, the AI, won't want us sharing that information. That'd be cool. So we're That's spreading it. across all oh, social media. Yeah, the noive. And noive. And we've totally, on purpose, rejected the urge to jump into any kind of governmental kind of conspiracy on COVID, Trump, Biden, anything. We're apolitical. The we're only s- people here is Trumpinius. <laughs> Rectifus. Or whatever I said. Donaldius Trumpetus. Trumpabitum of Carifus. Trumpetes. <laughs> and Josephus yeah. Bidenius. But we are totally trying to avoid any kind of thing that will get people riled up in those areas because it's such an inflammatory issue. We're staying out of it. We'll let you guys brawl on your own. Yep. So join us next week uh, as we sit down with Ben Shapiro. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Ben Shapiro. We're going to be on MSN, CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC. LMNOP. LMNOP. Not. We're not. Nobody cares. We're small potatoes. We're hacks. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Well, close this out, buddy. I think we've done everything we need to do. And I've called you buddy two episodes in a row. Oh. I must like you or something. A little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So join us next time for some cold drinks and some political conversation. <laughs> Not <laughs> strange conversation. Taters. Taters.